So guys, for my debut episode, I thought we should maybe cover a barn owl cryptid. No, most cryptids are barn owls. It's only fitting, you know, because of the name of this podcast. No, I'm not covering the Mothman. That's like for the next episode. Kinda. No, it's not the Flatwoods Monster either. <sighs> you know, guys, West Virginia isn't the only place in the world with barn owls. No, guys, I am tired. I, I made the trailer and the intro episode and uh, I already need a vacation. So, I guess, pack your bags. And your swimsuits. Because for today's Barn Owl Cryptid, we're taking a trip to the Bahamas. Aren't they all? <laughs> well, this one actually stands out, because unlike the Mothman and Braxy and the Hopkinsville Goblins and the Owlman of Cornwall, this cryptid uh, literally <laughs> is a barn owl. Not a monstrous over-exaggeration of it, but actually the barn owliness is a part of its lore. And quick shout out to my Instagram body, Mr. Cryptozoology. He publishes daily posts on very obscure cryptids and urban legends. His profile is like a treasure trove of episode ideas for this show. And the other day he posted this um, unique looking barn owl thingy and I was like, wow, this will be the debut cryptid of my owl podcast. So listeners, check him out. Mr. Cryptozoology. His Instagram handle is at mr.cryptozoology. You know, mr like mister. Uh, yeah, I know. It's not such a creative name. Unlike this barn owl cryptid, which goes by the um, peculiar name of... Chickcharney. Such a beautiful name. <laughs> no, not not funny at all. Don't laugh at this thing. And it's a pretty popular creature in the Bahamas, yet you never heard of it. Because podcasters don't cover it. Probably because they cannot pronounce its name. Lovely name. Beautiful Chickcharney. Don't make fun of this thing. But yeah, the Chickcharney is a legendary creature from Bahamian folklore. More specifically, it is tied to Andros Island, or Andros I don't know. Chikcharni is much easier to pronounce than this word. Which is the largest island of the Bahamas. Wikipedia even states that Andros has a total surface area greater than all of the other 700 Bahamian islands combined. And the island is packed with diverse ecosystems of which the pine yards are the most prevalent. And this island even has the largest pines remaining in the Bahamas. Although a lot of the pine yards have been cleared away by colonizers over the centuries, Andros is also home to many species of orchids, corals, sea turtles, a shit ton of birds, the endangered Andros Island iguana, and 
Two legendary creatures, the Lusca, which is like an octopus shark thingy that I'm totally gonna cover at some point, and the Chickcharney. So what the heck even is the Chickcharney? Well, per the local folklore, it is a mischievous imp-like creature that superficially resembles an owl. The locals state it is not an owl, just has the appearance of an owl. It stands at three feet tall, covered in thin hair-like feathers, so it actually seems like it is feathered and furry, has bright red eyes, and can turn its head completely around just like owls. Even though it is not an owl. But also, it has pretty long legs, much longer than what is normal for owls, with three toes on its feet. And three fingers on its hands. Yeah, it has hands. Thin reptilian hands tucked under its wings. And also, sometimes it is said they have a prehensile tail, like a monkey, which helps them climb those pine trees where they nest, because they can't fly. And per the local folklore, these things build nests by binding the tips of two pine trees together. And allegedly, you can even see this phenomenon if visiting the island. There's actually this blog post from Cryptid World titled Journey to find the Chikcharni. All my sources will be in the episode description. But uh, these guys recently published a book on flying cryptids, and per the blog post, they travel to Andros Island to go birding or birdwatching, because as I said, the island has a shit ton of birds. And what do you know, they stumbled upon this, and I'm quoting the blog post. Two tall pine trees reaching for the sky, changed course and grew into one another, touching high overhead to create the perfect shelter. Apparently, this is a natural thing that occurs on the island, and I don't know how prevalent this is among pine trees, their tips growing into each other. I can't find more info on that, but basically, if you stumble upon these formations on Andros Island, the tour guides may tell you how these are Chikcharni nests. But they also warn tourists to carry brightly colored flowers or pieces of cloth, because Chikcharnis are pretty mischievous and aggressive, and you can use these to actually charm them, so if you ever walk around the island wearing one of those Hawaiian shirts with a floral pattern and happen to stumble upon a Chikcharni, you will actually need to strip for your freedom in order to escape these magnificent, beautiful creatures. Not at all weird looking. No, never disrespect them. Because they have some pretty strong probability manipulation powers. As a tour guide on the blog post said, if you treat this impish mischievous bird nicely, it will grant you good luck. But if you laugh at it, the creature will curse you with the worst kind of misery. And it is said that if you make fun of their appearance, they can actually get pretty aggressive and twist your head all the way around. Beautiful majestic creatures. Oh, that's all just folklore tall tales for tourist amusement. Well, all of the websites actually state that the sightings continue to this day. Oh yeah, tell me about one of these documented sightings. Uh, um, well... Okay, I can't find any sighting. But you know what is actually documented? That the Chikcharnis are responsible for World War II! The fuck? <laughs> oh yeah, listeners, the most famous victim of the Chikcharni curse was, allegedly, Neville Chamberlain, who was the British Prime Minister at the start of World War II. The same guy who signed the Munich Agreement, basically surrendering Czechoslovakia to German rule, and later causing Germany to invade Poland and initiating one of the most fucked up times in modern history. So I got this from another blog by Alisa G. Buckley, who is a vertebrate paleontologist. 
As the story goes, back in 1890, when Neville was around 20 years old and was working as an apprentice to an accounting firm, his father saw that the family wealth was slowly diminishing, so he puts Neville in charge of establishing a plantation on Andros Island, where they would grow sisal. I believe that's how it's pronounced. It is a kind of agave plant that was used at the time for its fibers, you know, kind of like how hemp was used before it became criminalized. So apparently this plant does not grow so well on the island, and Neville spent six years trying to get this business off the ground, but it failed. Miserably, it cost his family over four million pounds in today's money. What does this have to do with the Chikchani, you may ask? <laughs> well, that's exactly how Lisa wrote it in her blog. Sorry for plagiarizing. Okay, so allegedly Neville Chamberlain, while staying on the island, constantly dismissed and mocked these local legends of the Chikchani. Oh, those are just myths and legends. <laughs> who believes in that stuff? Certainly not Englishmen such as myself who believe in King Arthur or Robin Hood, or that the entire royal bloodline was appointed by the Lord to rule us all. And apart from offending the Chikchanis, he actually cleared away a lot of the pine forest for his stupid plantation. You know, destroyed their home. So the Chikchanis swore revenge on Mr. Chamberlain and put a curse on his dreaded plantation. And that's why it failed. But also, some people believe that this curse actually followed him back home and caused these sequences of historic events in which poor Mr. Chamberlain would sign the Munich Agreement, which would fail just like his plantation, and ultimately cause World War II. So people, please, before you become important political figures who influence the course of history, please just make sure you never offend the Chikcharnis. Beautiful majestic creatures. Well, shit, did I offend them just by making this episode? <gasps> Maybe that's why nobody makes episodes on these things. I am such an idiot. Doomed my show from the start. Oh man, I also mocked their appearance saying that they are owls when they are clearly little impish goblin cuties. Ugh, too late. They'll twist my head all the way around. Well, at least I'll be able to locate those pimples on my back and pop them. <sighs> I guess now my only defense against the supernatural is the cryptozoology methods. These are not magical creatures with superpowers. These are just animals, undiscovered ones, or ones that we have discovered in the fossil records. But they still live on and we are not aware of it. This is what I believe and you cannot deny it. Cryptozoology in a nutshell. Well, all jokes aside, there is some actually circumstantial evidence to suggest the Chikcharni is an actual cryptid that actually exists, or at least used to exist. So this is the most prevalent explanation of modern sightings you will find on the internet. Basically, there used to be a now extinct species of barn owl on the Bahamas, a giant terrestrial barn owl with the species name Titopolans, known as the Bahama barn owl. This was a distant relative of the modern barn owl, you know, the one in West Virginia. But this owl was apparently three feet tall, had very long legs, and apparently did not fly, but was a burrowing owl creating burrows underground. So in 1995, a forester from Portland, Oregon named Bruce G. Market started suggesting a connection between this extinct owl species and the Chikcharni. I mean, the description kind of fits. It did live in the Bahamas and it went extinct fairly recently during our own geologic period. So surely the early human settlers on the island stumbled upon this thing and created 
created a whole myth. So Mr. Market actually suggested that this owl was flightless and three feet tall, that this thing lived on Andros Island and was driven to extinction by early human settlers. And he also gave it his own name of Andros Island Barn Owl. Other sources on the internet also keep copying and pasting that this extinct owl possibly survived on the island up until the 16th century, when the island was colonized by the Europeans, so the species possibly coexisted with the natives of the island who created the myth. But, sadly, as is most often the case with cryptozoology, it seems like some facts were cherry-picked. So if you check the actual scientific literature, you will learn that this Titopolans species is known only from partial fossils of just three individual birds, which were found on the islands of Great Exuma and New Providence. No, not Andros! And also, these fossils date from 20,000 years ago, much earlier than even the earliest human natives reached the island. The Lucayans, who actually started settling the Bahamas between 500 and 800 AD. And also based on the fossils, this owl was not as large as three feet, and there is no evidence to suggest that it was flightless. Nevertheless, most sources you will find on the internet will keep referring to this species as the Andros Island Barn Owl, even though it was never found on that island. And most keep copying and pasting this idea of the species surviving up until the 16th century. So it would seem that this whole connection is more sensationalistic than scientific. Scientific. But that is the biologist side of me talking, and I am actually more open to possibilities. You know, while researching this, I noticed that the Wikipedia pages were clearly written in a way that tries to subtly demonize Mr. Market for his theories. Like, Compared to cryptozoology as a whole, what he suggested is not really that wild of an idea or such a stretch. Yet scientists always want to dismiss everything cryptozoology related because we have to stick to the facts. Which we don't have! Because they're gone! We have just three lousy fossil sites! So if we are sticking to hard facts, for all we know, only three individuals of the species ever existed in history, and there was no population of these animals because only three individuals have ever been found! You know, the fossils were not found on Andros Island, but back then, the sea levels were much lower and the Bahamas existed as five major islands. Not 700 of them like today! With a landmass ten times greater greater than today. We haven't found more fossils because fossils are very rare, most of the potential fossils are probably already underwater and will never be recovered. So stating that something which had a high probability of existing on the island was not present just because we as a species are incapable of recovering more fossils due to our incompetence or lack of research funding or even because the fossils were eaten up by history. It's bullshit. People, however much science helps us better understand the world and discover the wonders of nature, it also kinda limits us creatively. We start worshipping these material things we hold in our hands and can look at, that we just gain tunnel vision and close ourselves off into boxes. It is an artificial, humanly constructed discipline. Nature exists as it is, with or without our understanding of it. And 
science is just our way of cataloging nature by our own standards so we can potentially exploit it. You know, things can exist in nature regardless of whether we are able to maniacally catalog them like comic book collectors. <sighs> okay, so... Let's think outside the box. You know, apart from the skeletal remains of this Titopolan species, we also discovered their fecal pellets. And based on these, it was determined that this barn owl mostly fed upon a large rodent called the Bahamian Hutia. This rodent, based on fossil records, used to be extremely common throughout the Bahamian Islands as a whole, and was probably the only land mammal of the Bahamas before human settlement. Now, it only exists on a small desolate island called East Plana Cay. It used to be considered extinct until its rediscovery on this uninhabited island in 1966. So it itself was a cryptid. And it is thought to have become extinct from the other islands by 1600. You know, the end of the 16th century, when European voyagers started clearing out the land. So, if this barn owl fed primarily on this Bahamian Hutia, and the Hutia existed on most of the Bahamian islands until 1600, like, until then, it was in abundance. Why would the barn owl die out much before its primary food source died out? It's not such a stretch to suggest that maybe this owl may have existed as long as its prey existed, and died out once its prey died out. Well, the science actually states that this barn owl may have become extinct because the islands changed to a wetter climate. These rodents remained only on the islands which retained the arid climate from before, and any remnants of the rodents or owls might have been hunted down to extinction by the Lucayans. You know, the first humans who settled the islands. But... Uh... Maybe we've been looking at this all wrong. I already said the locals keep stating that this is not an owl, rather an impish trickster pixie thing. Maybe we should consider some other theories. Hey, we've already been collectively bastardizing this thing as an owl over the internet. We are already cursed. Just look at what's happening in the world. <laughs> New world order, yeah, my ass. It's the Chicharnies. So, an amazing theory I saw was posted in the comments of the Cryptids Wiki. So, a user named Stephen Baum 17 wrote, Is it really possible that the Titopolans have actually survived all this time and slowly became the Chicharmi? And then another user, Barbaric Gamer, replied, Yes, it is possible the Titopolans survived and slowly unlocked some of the old dinosaur genes in them with the cost of losing their flights. Whoa, dude. So, this actually has some basis in reality, because as all of you already know, I hope, birds are dinosaurs, and birds have some inactive ancestral genes within their genetics from their dinosaur relatives. Like, we have been able to genetically modify chickens so these genes can reactivate, and the chicken embryos formed teeth, claws, and a tail. And based on the description of the Chikcharni, it has claws and a tail. And also remember how it is covered in fine hair-like feathers. Well, those kinds of proto-feathers were present in theropod dinosaurs. You know, the ones who evolved into birds. And I have searched and searched and cannot find mentions of such mutations occurring naturally. Always only artificially in a lab. Though it is a very cool theory, it is improbable as it would be challenging Dalo's law of irreversibility, which actually states that 
traits lost to evolution cannot be retained back. So an organism cannot return exactly to its former state. But interesting little tidbit, the South American bird called the Hoatzin actually has claws on its wings. But uh, as a baby, the baby uses these claws to climb around the nest. And also the Hoatzin has red eyes and it smells like shit. Moving on. So I've also noticed that many different sources define the Chicharni as different kinds of beings. The book American Monsters by Linda S. Godfrey mentions a few of these possibilities. They could be pixies as the locals refer to them, but they could actually be remnants of the Lukaya people, referred to in this book as the Arawaks. So actually the Lukayan people were eradicated from the Bahamas by the Spanish by 1520, and it is theorized that Chicharni are actually descendants of remnant Lucayan people who remained on the island. And another theory from this same book, and the one that annoys the heck out of me. That it's a fucking Bigfoot thing. Everything needs to be a Bigfoot. Like, humanoid ape men are the only types of animals that can potentially exist in the world and remain elusive. But uh, the author does make a point regarding the nest as no bird is known to bind two trees together. Yet, Bigfoot hunters are apparently familiar with these tree arcs, as it is theorized that Bigfoot creatures use them as territorial markers. Nevertheless, I hate Bigfoot theories! Yay, first episode and I'm losing all my subscribers! It is just a hairy, smelly man thing! I want the creatures, bugs and lizards and monsters and demons. The weird shit. I delve into cryptozoology to escape humanity, not encounter more human thingies that are dumber and uglier and stinkier. So, one other source I found stated that this thing is a nature spirit that roams around at night time, and as it walks, it casts no shadow. Well, no shit, it's walking around in the dark. But, uh, okay, other sources refer to it as a half-man, half-bird, or as a bird-sloth-dwarf. Thingy. Or even as a leprechaun. Hey, it's on an island. And one of my friends actually has her own theory on what these things are. Because based on her, the Chicharnis are actually vindictive little shits. Oh, fuck! Well, <laughs> um, <laughs> time to end the episode then until my recording gets busted.